This is the show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. Greetings, everyone. Richard Solomon for My Father's Place Radio, and we are in for a real treat today. I have Bill Heller from the Rippingtons, and not only is it just an amazing thing to have him with us today, but we're going to find out about the new album called Open Road from the Rippingtons. They're also going to be playing at My Father's Place in, uh, right, right at the edge of the album release. So it's all really wild. So, so for, without further ado, Bill... Thank you so much for spending time with us and being on the show. Well, thanks for calling. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. So you, you have this incredible catalog of music under your feet. You do all kinds oh, of yes. stuff. You've played with all kinds of people. I, you know, I was uh, fortunate enough to get a whole little inside bio stuff. And the number of people that you've played with is really a who's who of music from of all kinds of genres. Yeah, you know, that's for sure. Right. Patty Austin, Mary Wilson, Smokey Robinson. Uh, let's see, uh, David Valentin. Yeah, yeah. It just all right. So, nice boy from Long Island. All of a sudden, get so how did how did so how did you get into jazz? How did all this get started? Well, how did I get how did I get into music? Maybe that's the best okay. Well, because maybe that's the chicken and the egg question. So, so, <laughs> so my father was a conductor. Oh, really. Uh, Okay. Yes, on the, on the subways. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Which and, line? <laughs> uh, the, the BMT. Okay. Bro- Brooklyn Mass Transit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and um, he played a little uh, concertina. Mom's family was uh, all Sicilian, and they uh, used to serenade my grandmother who lived with us on the weekends. Okay. So my, myself and my brothers became musical through our, our influences at home. Yeah. So that yeah. So I have to ask the most important question: How was the food? The food was amazing. I, I can only imagine. Every, to... every Sunday, my mother made spaghetti and matzo balls. Oh, really? No, kidding, kidding. Kid, kid. <laughs> I was going to say maybe that you know I, I've done some celebrity cooking and, and cooking with musicians, and I yeah. actually I actually had an interview with uh, John Carter Cash. And we did uh-huh. some, you know, some some recipes from Johnny Cash's house. Wow! And, and one of them involved uh, rabbits and squirrels. <laughs> so, wow! So it could be spaghetti and matzo balls. You never know. There's all <laughs> kinds. Of, there's all kinds of really cool, you know, fusion yeah. fusion food. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So so, what was the food like? Well, the food was. My mother was a great cook. What, what, what were her specialties? What if you close your she eyes right now and go back everything. to your childhood? What were the dishes that you remember on? Oh, well, yeah. for sure, our Sunday dinner was always uh, pasta and uh, roasted chicken. So okay. that was, you know, always uh, a specialty at home. Did she you use know, one of those rotisseries? Food. The one of the old fashioned? No, 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 no. She just roasted them in the oven. Okay, good old fashioned roast them in the oven. She had lots of recipes, lots of, you know, she could cook anything. She learned all the Jewish stuff from my, my father's mother. She would make all the Seder meals. You know, we, we were very blessed. We grew up in a food-rich home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, so, so you have the greatest things going on at home. You have food and you got music. So, right. I mean, you know, so, where, so tell me about the synergy of all these things and where did it lead to next? Um, let's, uh, well, I have two brothers, so we all 
started studying music when I was uh, in about third grade, and my brother, my older brother, was in fourth grade. My my mom thought we should have music lessons, so she took us to a, 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 a local music teacher who gave us a musical aptitude test. And at the end of that test, he determined that my brother was going to play guitar and I would play the accordion. And at that point, I said, the accordion? There's no accordion in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, from accordion, I moved from accordion to piano. And uh, the rest is kind of history. So you went to Fredonia? Yes, I did. Started at Nassau Community College and then transferred to Fredonia. Ah, okay. Uh, were you, did you have anything to do with Nassau Community College Radio? No, I didn't. Okay. Now, I, cause I, I know some people are on there. Uh, okay. So, and you got a degree in music education? Music education from Fredonia, and that's where I met my wife. Okay. So, had, so, so, she, so is she also musical, too? Yes, yes. She, she was a uh, voice major and, uh, well, music ed as well. Her instrument was voice, and she also did special ed. Okay. Well, mine, not, not special ed, but music therapy, sorry. And then from there, you met Fr- Fr- Russ Freeman? Uh, well, meeting Russ Freeman came of, uh, quite a bit later after college. But, uh, yeah, another interesting story. I used to play in a band around here called the Jim Pin Band. And we used to play up in Huntington at Canterbury Ales all the time. And one of the fellows that uh, was in the band, Pat Cummings, has a guitar company called Brian Moore Guitars. And... Uh, we were going to make a CD of the band just to document our original tunes and our funky little arrangements of Steely Dan tunes. And he had the idea that we should do it somehow through the guitar company, through Brian Moore. And we started doing some in-store demos to ramp up. And uh, we did some stuff with um, quite a few different guitar players around the area and uh, nationally known um, which was great because we got exposed to all people like either Jimmy Vivino, uh, um, crazy, uh, si- not Simon, uh, Simon Townsend. That's right. Not, oh, okay. not Pete, but Simon Pete's brother. Townsend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, John Abercrombie we played with, and then we did one in an in-store demo with, uh, with Russ. And at the time he complimented my keyboard playing, but when we, Became when we started to record this uh, CD for the guitar company, we had our own tunes on it, and Pat, you know, got everybody to play on it from uh, all those people I mentioned, John Abercrombie and Jimmy Vivino and Al Petrelli. And when he asked Russ, Russ was like, "Where are you going to record the CD?" And he wound up saying, "Why don't you come to my place?" So at that time, Russ was living in Colorado Springs, and. Uh, we flew out to Colorado Springs and uh, we started recording there and he liked the way I played. And he actually, at the time, was recording a CD with Craig Chikiso. from, from Starship? Starship? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, he had me play on a couple of tracks for that and that's how uh, my relationship started with Russ. Now, go ahead. From there, my first Rippington CD was uh, Topaz. And that was 1998? Yep. Okay. Now, let me just, before we get into the 1998 time frame, let's go back to that, that guitar store. Are there any uh-huh. videos that, serve, that are around from that time? Um, of those things? Yeah. I don't know. There might be, but I, I haven't seen any, honestly. 
Okay, are there? Oh, any... wait, do you know of any? No, because I was going to say that, that, that it would be from an uh, a archaeological point of view, an amazing find. Yeah. Are there any still yeah. photographs from those days? Um, Polaroids, anything? I have some stills from the recording session we did at Russ's. <laughs> I do have that. Wow. Yeah. So okay, so now you're you're. So what was, by the way, what was Craig like, and what was it like? Because he, he was Craig like, was always great. You know, I I from then on I did quite a few records with Craig. Um, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Now, did you ever do anything with the Starship? Not with Starship. No. Okay. By that time, Craig was already you know out of Starship, so that was you know years later. All right. So your first recording was Topaz. Right. And what was that like? And what was the vibe? And and was this was this well, different you know, than what you played before? Uh, yes, it was different. Um, the interest, most interesting thing about Topaz for me was from writing that record to completion. Uh, I think Russ did it in under, it was a very fast record <laughs> in under six to eight weeks and writing it to have it, to having it recording. So, it so quite, a, so quite amazing. Were you, were you there to watch the writing process? So when he called me to do that, I, I, I agreed to do the record, and um, he sent me his demos, which to me, the amazing part was the melodies weren't on them. So I had to come up with some parts to complement what he had on his demos and replace some stuff, and then I flew out and spent about a week or so with him in his uh, studio, which is amazing he had an amazing place out there faced uh, pike's peak it was just a beautiful beautiful location and uh we filled in all the blanks that were left which was it was amazing and that record like rest kind of reinvents himself on every record that record had a native american theme i don't know if you're familiar with the record which was quite amazing now but, what what is russ's connection to native americans if any um he doesn't really have any, I, I, I don't know that he has any direct connection, but, you know, he gets influenced by different things. Like, it, that was influenced by that. He has a lot of, he's had a lot of influence by uh, Latin music over the years, you know, things like Life in the Tropics. Um, this new record, I mean, he's, well, a couple of records back, they were influenced by orchestral music and, you know, orchestral arranging. This new one is, you know, has so many different influences and he just keeps evolving. But Topaz was, was a very interesting record for me. How, how would you describe the evolution of the music? Is it, um, is, has technology helped or hurt um, over the years? A little bit of both? Helped. It's, it's, it's helped. It's, I, I would say it's helped, but you know, uh, it's an interesting process. Uh, technology is so ingrained in us now as musicians. I mean, it's hard to get away from it unless you're a real, if you can, if you can afford to be a purist these days and play only a, an acoustic instrument, I don't know. It's, it, it seems harder and harder. No. So, but uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, okay. So, so, so what was the, what was the songwriting process like as you observed it in the beginning? Um, was it blank pads? Was it just playing instruments? Was it uh, for myself or for the Rippingtons? Both. 
Uh, and how did it differ, out, if any? Started started out as blank pads. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, was this cassette tapes? What's that? Did you use like cassette tapes to sort of you know kind of jot down some of the ideas or? Well, the blank pad being literally the uh, a piece of paper, music paper, and you you wrote out what you heard in your head, <laughs> and then you would have to hand out these these uh, parts to different people to to realize it. And the way that's changed now is, you know, we could do it all on the computer these days, you know, which you kind of lose the, to me, you lose the interaction of, uh, you know, different people interpreting it different ways. And you come out with a a, a different result that way than when you're all alone. Now, do you you ever do the things where you call some up and Skype them and then try to do like a jam (laughs) or something like that? No, you know, well, uh, it would be cool, but the only thing that happens there is you get a little delay in the in the signal, and it doesn't uh, uh, quite work so well. Ah, uh, so the theory is a little bit better than the reality. Yeah. Uh, well, soon enough we'll be, uh, you know, we'll have that Star Trek thing, and then we'll uh, be able to zoom in, you know, go into each other's homes that way. <laughs> right. So, so tell me about the song "Silver Arrows." That's the first song on the new album. Uh huh. Tell me about that. Um. What do you want to know about it? What, what do you like? What do you love about it? Because I want to play that for us as we outro into our first break. Um, to me, it's got a lot of different influences. It's got a uh, somewhat modern approach that is, uh, you know, this, how do I say it? A, like a reggaeton, in a way, groove to it. But, you know, it's kind of been... That, that groove that's been adopted by even people like Ed Sheeran, which it's Latin, it's got different influence, but the, the, the technology has really influenced those type of Latin grooves to come up with this new reggaeton kind of groove. So that's, I mean, what else can I say about it? All right, well, I, what I can say is this is a song called Silver Al- Al- Arrows from the new album, and we're going to take this right into the break, so keep on listening. We'll be right back after this song kind of carries all the way through.
Hi, this is Roy Cosgrove, and you're listening to Rich Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM.
Richard Solomon. Welcome back. The song that you just heard on the way in from the break is a song called Lost Highway from the album Open Road by the Rippingtons. We're talking to Bill Heller, who is a musician extraordinaire and a, 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 a real important, vibrant part of the whole world of jazz, which you know, I kind of miss on the radio because there's really not a lot of jazz that's really out in terrestrial radio in our neck of the woods. But my father's place is definitely keeping jazz alive on Long Island. And uh, so let's talk a little bit with Bill uh, about that song, Lost Highway. Talk about that, if you don't mind. Uh, Lost Highway is a pretty cool tune. Uh, got a lot of different influences going on there between uh, starting out with the, you know, Rush plays uh, pedal steel guitar and that, which is sounds great. Um and the middle is the middle town we like to call it is very interesting it gets into this whole orchestral thing with the bassoons and clarinets and flutes it's a very uh, diverse tune a lot of influences within one thing there between and then and then it ends off kind of techno so <laughs> it, it covers a, quite a gamut so when when you're playing this music if, if, and let's say you have a smaller stage. How do you get all of the sound to come with you when you can't bring maybe the whole army with you? Well, or, or you just that, a, lot to... of, a lot of that falls on my shoulders, being the keyboard player. So uh, years ago, it would have taken. I mean, Russ, I've heard the stories. I, I wasn't in the band back at the beginning, but they used to fly with literally a, a rack of gear that was the size of a refrigerator. And they used to literally take it on the, not on the plane, but they used to check it with baggage. And, you know, they, they tossed the baggage guy, you know, $20 <laughs> to, to get all this stuff on the plane. Nowadays, you know, we have these great, powerful computers that uh, allow me to carry more than that in a little carry-on bag. <laughs> so, and I, I, and I, I've become quite adept at... Uh, making my 10 fingers sound like I have 20 or 30. So I do a lot of tricky things with the, with keyboard programming to make uh, a lot of those sounds come out of my hands. So let's talk about touring just for a minute. Uh, touring has got to be both a, a great thing and, and I guess somewhat of a burden. Do you, do you get ideas on the road just being out there and just you know traveling around? And having some ideas, cool. what kind of ideas? You know, for songs. Um, surely, I mean, sometimes the days do get are long between you know if we're driving or flying someplace. You know, we could fly in the day of the gig and uh, basically get off the plane, go to sound check, have a sound check, <laughs> have dinner, do the gig, and then you know. You're, you're shot and you're <laughs> off to the next one in the, the next morning. So sometimes the days do get long that way. And there's not enough time to think about that. But the one thing about touring, when we have, like with this band, what I love is we have a lot of dates back to back because the band gets to be so tight and uh, it's just, we know what each other's, what, what each other guy is thinking and we, it, it just flows so great. When, when you are touring, um, Let's talk about the sound check because I don't, I don't know that people really appreciate how much time goes into a sound check. Uh, I know at my father's place, I've actually been uh, lucky enough to be in some some of the really cool sound checks, and uh -huh. uh, 
you know, it, 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 even with things like auto tune and things like that, it, it's, uh-huh. it's. I don't. I don't think that you're the kind of people that would do it. No, that no, stuff. no, not a lot of auto tune going on. Right. So let's talk about that because it probably takes a, a good amount of time to get all your staging right, your 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 sound to be right to. to to, to listen to you know from all the different you know perspectives and to make sure that yeah. they're on stage speakers to talk about that you know you know how your you know your monitors and how it sounds to the audience how yeah how, how do mean, you do that like how does that work for you as a musician I I just know that when I sit there it sounds amazing but there's a lot of process way before all yeah that. sure I mean there's you know each the biggest thing is from venue to venue the sound changes you know we can't have uh, the same equipment at every at every gig. So every gig is a little different that way. The, you know, the speakers themselves are different. The electronic equipment they have is different. So, you know, whether mixing boards and all that stuff, outboard gear, it's all different. So when we walk in, we have in our heads what, what we want to hear. So now it's, you know, trying to get that sound out of that PA and monitor system in each different venue. So, uh, you know, we go through it pretty methodically. Um, you know, the most important stuff is the, like the acoustic stuff on stage. So that would be the the drum kit and especially the saxophone and making sure those sound like they're what they're supposed to sound like. And we travel, we do travel with our own, uh, front of house engineer who does, uh, you know, the sound for the house. Um, as far as the monitors go, we usually, uh, use the, uh, monitor people that work at each venue and, uh, you know, we make sure that we are hearing what we need to hear to feel comfortable playing on stage in order that, you know, we, we can, we can do our jobs. When you go to a venue, do you have a, a, a list of things that you would prefer to have? As oh part yeah, of, yeah. 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 A rider. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Talk, talk about yeah. that. Cause I don't think people know about these kinds of things. Um, I mean, I know, do cause I'm, I'm an attorney. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so it's part of the contract terms and things. Yeah. Like yeah. That. So, I mean, we need, we need X amount of channels of audio that, you know, we're going to supply to the house. So they have to have that much, you know, that, you know, at these days we, uh, rent or what we call backline gear. So the drum kit is usually rented. The drummer will travel with his cymbals. I will get, uh, an 88 note keyboard. The bass player has to have a specific amplifier, you know, and sometimes, we don't get exactly what we want, so we have to have second choices. Um, you know, we want uh, a certain type of quality of uh, sound gear at each gig, too. So, you know, usually, usually, I, we've never, we don't really run into problems with the sound gear as much as uh, um, sometimes the backline gear. But uh, it all seems to work out. All right, and you and you bring your own engineer. Yeah. I assume that's really by necessity. Yes. Well, it's that one extra thing, you know, that helps us keep our sound, you know, and, and ensure that we were going to sound like what we want to sound like out front. Okay. So is it easier for you to appear like locally since you're from Long Island and my father's place is in Long Island that in terms of the schlep factor, you know, you could maybe take more things uh, oh, for me, like my father's place will be nice because it's like a, it's a, it is a hometown gig, so I'll be able to have all I have I'll have my keyboard, and you know I'll be a little more comfortable on that. Right, because you you know you just take more stuff because when you're talking about you know airplanes and you know the, the luggage people, I'm sure I'm yeah. sure that from a musician's yeah. point of view, uh, 
airlines and baggage and all oh, that yeah. stuff has got to be, I don't want to say terrifying, but maybe stress-inducing to make yeah, sure that your sure. stuff I mean, gets if, there. When, if, if you have to check things and you you know when you when you get them back from the check baggage, if they're still if they're still playable, or, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But like this this run, for instance, we're starting here on Long Island, and then uh, you know we we do the Blue Note. And then uh, we're up to Connecticut, down to Annapolis, Alexandria. So we're we're covering it all the way down to Florida on this run. So you know it's going to be a quite a few days. And you know, as far as uh, you know, the slep is a different kind of slep. But <laughs> yeah. Now, are you, are you going to be filming any of this? Uh, no, we usually don't film. But, uh, you know, there's always people in the audience with their iPhones out. <laughs> well, I was thinking a little bit more high grade because, you know, uh, my father's place is doing a television show. I should have, I should talk oh, really? to, yes. Yeah, so, so I should talk to Alex about maybe getting some, you know, footage, yeah. some footage that would because be that would be kind of cool because your music is, is so rich uh, and yeah. so important. Uh, speaking of uh, just to change topics, since we, we're not really scripted here. Uh, what is what is your familiarity with the old my father's place? Um, I I went there several many times, uh, you know, back in the day. So do, who do you, any, who, do you any, who do you remember seeing? Who do I remember seeing? Tower of Power several times. Uh, Chick Corea. Um, <laughs> I used to love how they had comedy at the beginning of the night, you know, as an opener. And <laughs> the the craziest thing I saw was. The lo- they're both local guys, but Bob Nelson, I don't know if you know who Bob Nelson is. Sure, yeah. Bob Nelson in a comedy duo with Eddie Murphy. Oh, really? Yeah, it was... <laughs> now, Epi does talk about Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in some of our yeah. stories, you know, about you know, SNL and things like that. Yeah, it was, it was crazy because they did like a, you know, a Martin and Lewis kind of, you know, comedy skit. Very funny stuff. Uh, who else did I see? The Brecker Brothers. You name it. So many people have gone to the old my father's place. Well, what's interesting, a lot of the, uh, a lot, if you go on YouTube and you look up uh, like some of the old my father's place, uh, you know, uh, acts from way mm-hmm. back when, you'll see, yeah. you know, all oh. this, all this stuff on YouTube. And it's actually oh. really cool because oh, yeah. uh, I, I didn't get a chance to catch, you know, a lot of those performances. So you can actually relive a lot of that. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. And it's all up there. Cool. So, so I mean, you know, wow. YouTube, so as a musician is YouTube sort of a mixed bag for you in the sense that it gives you exposure, but then it sort of maybe detracts from sales. How does that, how does that work for you in, in, I mean, in your genre? You know, as far as that sales thing goes, you know, it's, we're in a new, a new age and you can't, I think YouTube is just another outlet. Um, I don't think it, things detract anymore because the sales thing is, you know, it's a, it's a whole different ball game. You know, back in the day, you know, record companies made money by selling product and that's what they did. They sold records. And now that records are not what they were, I mean, just, simple you know sales of see the hard hard copy stuff is you know <laughs> pitiful compared to what it used to be you know you sold a million records years ago now you know you got a million downloads or millions of views or streams you know it's a it's a different beast so 
Do you... I, I don't look down on YouTube. I, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> as long as as long as you get the, the first right of refusal on the video set going on. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you miss going to record stores? Oh, yes. yes. And, and do you still try to go to, to, from time to time to the, the, the few that are still out there? Uh, honestly, no. I haven't been in a record store in years. Wow. No. How, and before we, get, we, we uh, leave for this segment, um, how extensive is your record collection? Um, I have... My my actual vinyl collection yeah. is you know I don't know maybe I have a hundred maybe but you know I have a lot of CDs that's for sure. You, you know what's kind of sad is that I've noticed that the newer cars no longer have CD players. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So that's like a like that's like a little bit of a, <laughs> grab your chest. I'm like oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is the changing changing technology, you know. So. You know, either either you die with the old or you embrace the new, and you know. I, I guess it's a brave new world. All right, speaking of new worlds, we're, ah. we're with Bill Heller of the Rippingtons, and they'll be playing at my father's place. Now, if you're catching this show in the future, then uh, you missed it, but they'll be back. I'm sure. I'm sure Epi will yeah. have them back again and again. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Keep it locked in at my father's place radio. <laughs> Hey, this is Johnny Rulo, and you're listening to Richie Solomon on 88.1 FM WCWP.
Now that song is called Open Road. This is Richard Solomon on my father's place radio in the in the studio with Bill Heller of the Rippingtons. And one of the things I have to ask is if the new album is called Open Road, the the first track is called Silver Arrows, which we played. Why didn't this get the lead <laughs> the lead in? <laughs> well, you that, know, when you go out for a steak dinner, you don't have steak right away. You have a couple <laughs> appetizers, maybe a drink. You warm up to the to the to the main course. Okay, so then is something like Tangerine Skyline, the coffee? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rocking piece of coffee. We had a cup of coffee there. There you go. So let, let's talk a little bit. So you, so you were you were talking a little bit about your set list. So what, what will you be playing at my father's place? We're going to play quite a bit of the new record. Um, probably, I would say a good eighty percent of the new record we're playing. Wow. So why don't you share with us what, what the set list comprises so that if people are actually uh, listening to you know on the right. way on the way in. Uh do you want the whole set list or what we're playing for the new record? Some whole, highlights, some highlights. Uh, uh, Wild Tales, which is always that was from, from the last record, Wild Tales, which is a fun fun tune. Um the highlights. New from the new record, Follow the Stars, which is a nice a great tune. Um Going back to classics like Herbs Ahead or Morocco, um, Road Warriors, which is always a fun, energetic tune. Uh, we do a little Latin set. We're going to hear some uh, Tangerine Skyline in there. That's the coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get the coffee, and then the main, the main. Uh, actually, yeah, the main, the the the, the main course is going to be served up right away. The open road. We're going to play that one, boy. All right, all right, cool. All right, so shifting gears. I noticed that uh, you work with the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. Talk about that, because that's a very important yet not well-publicized group. Yeah, uh, Long Island Music Hall of Fame, I've done probably five or six of their award shows as the uh, in the uh, musical director chair, and uh, got to see some amazing shows and uh you know, award shows and play with some amazing people on those shows as well. So um, talk about that a little bit, because I think I was in, was it 2007? It was uh, yeah, Joan Jett. Was, one. It was yep. Joan Jett. It was Eddie that, Money. Yeah. Which, 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 where was it? Oh, Ohika Castle. Ohika uh, Castle, yes. That yeah. Was, yeah, that was a, a smaller band for me. Lou Reed, John Zorn, uh, Al Cooper that year as well. Yes. And I think Steve Rosenfield had his book on my father's place that year. Yeah. Yeah. I think Epi, Epi, Epi probably got something. You know what? I think Epi was there. In fact, I remember. I remember he was wearing like a suit. He looked very dapper. Yep, yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they were autographing the book. I think, I think they only made it, you know, several hundred copies of the book and they uh -huh. autographed them. So it was, uh -huh. it was a limited uh, edition and it had uh, a CD of uh, sort of unreleased oh. tunes or, or tunes that haven't been heard in a long time. And I think yeah. I think it included things like a Weather Report and oh. Muddy Waters, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah, yeah, quite a few people came to my father's place. Boy. So so talk about the, 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 the Long Island Music Hall of Fame in its in its current uh, iteration. And, um, and what you do there as a musical director. What's coming up? Well, I mean, we just we just had a show in in last November. Unfortunately I couldn't be there because I was out with the rips. But okay. uh but the guys played, uh, they inducted uh, Jimmy Webb. Who plays at my uh, father's place, yeah. 
Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I got to got to do some stuff with Jimmy. He's a, he's a great writer, amazing guy. What a what a history there. Yeah. Um, you know the year. I think the one before that was really cool too. Johnny Santo from uh, Johnny and Santo, right from uh, Sleepwalk. You know the song Sleepwalk? No, no, no. Uh, that was an instrumental back from the late fifties, early sixties. So many great people I got to play that that year was uh, Vince Giordano from the Nighthawks. You know Vince oh, Giordano at all? Okay, that I've heard of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Steve Vai. Oh, sure. Yeah. In fact, there in in our office at my father's place is a uh, poster in which Steve Vai is one of the people who autographed it. So uh-huh. That's kind of cool. And I think we're trying to get some kind of like you know rock guitar legends, you know, all in one uh-huh. showcase or something like that. Oh, great. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, have to have Leslie West there, too. Ah, yeah. In fact, uh, well, I, well, what's interesting is, you know, we have these meetings where we talk about, you know, who we, who who's available. And uh, yeah. it's it's interesting. It's a whole interesting process because oh, so, sometimes, you know, you, you want to get people while they're on tour and then they, they, they can't really make it in. And there's other people who it's like, well you got to get them on the back end of something or whatever. But one one thing that we've been very, very fortunate with is that people have loved the venue and the sound so much that we've actually had a lot of people want to come back saying, oh, I love the sound. I loved, you know, it was very comfortable. Uh, It's very intimate. Uh, Uh The space... Have you been to the space yet? It's 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 a great space. It's it's. Uh... No, I haven't been to my father's place. You're talking about right, right. It, yeah, you got to watch when you say the space now because right, not the, not the space, our space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. So so a lot of times I talk to people people like you know I say my father's place and they're like oh, who's your father? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that I had that yesterday with somebody. I mean, your father? Your father's a place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, in in uh, I, I don't want to give away something too funny, but. There was a scene in the test show that we did, the first show for the TV show, and uh, there were two comedians. They were very funny, and they were, they were saying, well, my father's place, my father's place. And then they go, your father's place? No, I thought it was my father. And then, apparently they, they had the same father. And then you, it, it takes uh-huh. a pan shot back to Epi's at the end of the bar, and he's kind of waving. They go, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> so from an inside joke point of perspective, it's really, really quite uh-huh. funny. So we're, we're actually in production for all that stuff. And, oh, great. Uh, and then what we do is, um, one of the things that I do is a lot of the people who perform in the TV show I interview, and then we try to sort of make a whole little thing. It's like almost like an eco, a music ecosystem where we have the artists on television, then we have them perform, and then we do the radio, and mm-hmm. then the podcast and all the other stuff. And what that does is, it, uh, other, unlike other venues, we can actually really help promote artists. And really get like what we're doing now, which is we're getting all your music out to all the people out there on FM. That's great. And, and what's cool is, you know, uh, our antenna is in the right zone for my father's places, you know, core audience. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's just nice to have great music and great inside stories from people uh, about the music process, about yeah. you know, sound checks, about uh, collaborations about their yep. other ventures because you know you, you know you're not just a musician you're really you're, you're an enterprise you know you have to do things in marketing and <laughs> tour sure. management and, and travel yep. arrangements and, oh, and, yeah. and, and music technology and, and recording science yep. and you know all the things that, that keep you uh oh, yeah. you know in the mix so in in the little bit of time that we have left because great music and great radio kind of go really, really fast Let's talk about some of the people that you've played with and what was that like? I mean, you played with Smokey Robinson. 
Uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to play with Smokey. Uh, he's he's such a, a humble guy, really cool, just just amazing. When and if, when you when you think about his legacy and how much music he wrote for the Motown era and and beyond, it's just flabbergasting. Take a breath away. And then let's see, you have uh, Mary Wilson from the Supremes. Yeah, oh, I had some of my <laughs> craziest. Um, Gigs with Mary. I mean, I literally all around the world: uh, Bangladesh, Oman, Pakistan, South Africa. You name Mozambique, Botswana. Yes, every place you can't get to with a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but what was it like getting all the equipment through all these various customs? Well, that there, not much stuff went on that trip. I basically had a laptop. That was all I had. Oh, okay, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say because you know I, I'm sure that. U.S. travel, maybe buses and trucking and things like that, present one set of issues. But then when you start going in international travel, oh, yeah. and you're going through the customs yeah. and, you know, and people looking yeah. inside everything, and you're like, please don't detune my, my music. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, I see here that you also played on for the show Moving Out. Yes, yes. Let's talk about it. So let's hear, let's hear a little bit about Broadway. I mean, unfortunately... Moving out was not the Broadway experience most musicians have. Uh, you know, a lot of people have heard that, you know, Broadway musicians, you know, they learn the book so well that they can, they sit in the pit and they, they read a newspaper and every <laughs> once in a while they pick up their horn and play. But moving out was, you know, we were featured as a band on stage. I was just a sub on the show. I wasn't a, 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 a you know, didn't have the chair. But uh, it was a rock and roll band with a ballet going on underneath us, and it was a load of fun. The guys are a blast. We had we had a lot of fun on that show. And why did you talk a little bit about Hot Feet? Hot Feet was a short-lived uh, musical that was based on the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the the book was written off. The, I believe it's the Red Shoe Diary by Hans Christian Andersen. Am I right? about, you know, these uh, enchanted shoes or, or uh, that the, the girl puts on and she can't stop dancing. Okay. <laughs> That's you, do you know the story? No, I do not know the story. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, uh, there was a, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a, it was, the, the, the story and the music were great, but somehow they didn't go together well in the show. <laughs> so it only lasted, uh, lasted less than a year, but it was great. Great band, great music. Yeah. Uh, do you have any future projects going on Broadway or anything uh, that you'd like to share with Myself? everybody? Yeah. Oh, Broadway? Nothing on Broadway for me right now. But uh, you know, there's there's always something new coming out. Hopefully, my son will be on Broadway soon. <laughs> ah, so you want, to, you want to give a quick plug? A plug to my son Jonathan. My son Jonathan is a uh, graduate of Eastman School of Music, and now he's doing his masters at NYU. Um, and he just, uh, he's getting ready to graduate from NYU. He just made it into a, a pretty big, uh, deal vocal competition, which will be held up at the Eastman School of Music in Rochester. And it's called the Lottie Lenya competition. And it started out with oh, well over 200 people from all around the world. And it's, uh, he made the finals. One of 14 people is going to be in this competition, which yeah. is pretty cool. Good luck We're to him. Very excited for him. Good luck to him. So, yep. In, in in the few moments we have left, tell, tell me about the jazz cat. 
<laughs> the Jazz Cat. Yes. Uh, Russ picked up on the Jazz Cat many years ago when the band first started. Um, I think it, the first drawing of the Jazz Cat was actually for a jazz festival in Atlanta, an Atlanta Jazz Festival. I think Russ saw the poster or was on the festival and loved it so much that he uh, sought out the artist and the artist is Bill Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, and he's driven, he's uh, drawn every album cover for the Rippington since then. And uh, he always finds his way into different things, whether it's, uh, you know, Let It let it Rip was a, a golf theme, you know, uh, Topaz was a Native American theme, Open Road, obviously, is uh, him on a Harley riding down the road. Uh, I'm looking at, I have a bunch of sketches he did in my room here that he did for our, our CD wild card. So he draws up like a bunch of different concepts. Russ usually has a concept in mind. And then he tells Bill what he's thinking of. So like wild cards, there's different things like playing cards and all kinds of crazy things he comes up with. He, he's an amazing artist. Just amazing. Well, well speaking of amazing artists in, in the last minute we have, I have to tell the people that are listening, if you actually look at Bill Heller's discography, it's, it's extensive. He's, you're, you're on so many albums. Uh, oh, thank you. Engineer, guest artist, keyboards, audio production, piano, yeah. soloist, and, and my own record, too. Right. And it just yeah. goes on and on and on. And, and all the different people. So, so for all of you out there, you really need to get to know Bill Heller more. In fact, it was oh. an honor for me to get to know him uh, in, this, in this brief moment of time. And if you get a chance, go see him with the Rippingtons and other musical endeavors out there. Yes. I, I can't yes. thank you enough for your time today. Thank and, you, Richard. Uh, and I love your music, and uh, I'll be out there uh, cheering and hollering. <laughs> Great. I'll see you on March 21st, right? There you go. <laughs> all right. So for, for all of those out there, uh, we'll see you next time.